This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love the Beat Radio. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, Becky, who was a speaker at our amazing event last week for celebrating International Women's Day, has been sat there patiently waiting, um, and I am now going to make her live, hopefully. Um, Becky, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We need to turn you up a little bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for your patience. No problem. These things happen. Great stuff. Just, just to tell the listeners, we had the most amazing International Women's Day last Wednesday. Becky was a speaker there. Um, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell her, tell you all a little bit about what she does and et cetera, et cetera. So, Becky, over to you. Thank you. Um, you were breaking up slightly, Jackie, so I think I heard what you want me to say, but just stop me from just waffling. No, um, you're perfect. Yeah, I'm Becky, Becky Hemsley. I am a poet, a writer from Leicester, and I was at the International Women's Day event talking about um, kind of how to use the power of words and leverage the power of words for your business and for yourself. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I, I am currently, um, well, not right at this minute, obviously, but currently I am writing. I'm always writing, really, in my head. Um, writing, creating new poetry for new books, um, doing sort of marketing and um, campaigns with people. Um, yeah, I'm just living the author life really at the moment well one of your poems everybody that you read out for us on wednesday everybody was particularly smitten with um but before we sort of get into that and i ask you to read us it i did know i was <laughs> going to do that um how did this all start what's what's your background where are you based um and how did all how did you actually get on this route have you always been a poet um, I've written for a long time, really, over over a decade, really. I think it was when I had my children, actually, that I, I suppose it teaches you a lot, doesn't it, being a mother? And I suppose I just found all these different other layers to me, I suppose, that I didn't know, know I had, really. So, yeah, I've been writing for, yeah, over 10 years now, really. But I was never really brave enough to share it online or anything it was all very anonymous at first and you know just sharing it with friends and family who you know have to say they like it really they're very biased um <laughs> well you don't feed then... them that's the end of that one isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um i was i was a primary school teacher that's my sort of trade i suppose that's what i um that's my background really i was a primary school teacher for a long time and then an educational consultant and then i was furloughed from my consultant job and I, I just sort of writing was a, a real powerful way actually for me to process all the things that were happening during COVID um you know all, all of those things that we were all struggling with I suppose and so whilst I was doing that I thought actually this is what I really want to do this feels more like my purpose I suppose and so once the world started getting a little bit more back to normal I thought right I'm going to go for this now I'm really going to try and um pursue it really and that's what I'm doing fantastic so so I know um I don't think there was anybody who wasn't actually 
te- I don't know what the right word is, in awe of the poem that you actually read for us at the event. Um, and there was, you could have heard a pin drop afterwards, couldn't you? In between the fact <laughs> that everybody roared and clapped you hugely. Um, before I ask you to actually read that to us, why do you think it, it is proving to be so popular? Because you did actually have quite a famous listener, didn't you? Um, yeah, I did. I've had, um, there's been lots of surreal moments, I think, in the past year or so, or couple of years it's been now. Um, but I think my most surreal moment was when Meghan Markle read it out at the end of one of her archetypes podcasts, um, getting the, the email from her PR people to ask if they could use it was during the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was a very surreal moment. Yes. Um, I think... I think it speaks to people of that idea of, of sort of losing your identity a bit, really, with all of the demands that the world just generally puts on us now. I think we're in such a such a busy world, really, and sometimes it can be really easy to get swept along in that. And um, at the International Women's Day event, I was talking about, you know, when we're chasing sort of our goals and our dreams and our running businesses and things like that, we're, we're really chasing for freedom. And that's wonderful, but sometimes with too much freedom, you can go a little bit wild (laughs) um, and can sort of lose who you are and where you are and all of that, really. So I think it it speaks to people of the fact of just sort of calming down and slowing down and coming back to really who they are in order to move forward in the most authentic, genuine way, really. Yeah, yeah, no, I think... um how did you get okay I was going to ask you how did you get the idea for this but I think the best thing now because I'm very conscious of the fact that you've got the school run to do and obviously we don't want you to be late for that but I think my question after you've read this to us is is what gave you the idea to do it so if you wouldn't mind introducing and reading this very special poem for us please Becky that would be wonderful okay I didn't realise I was going to have to read it. Hopefully, I can just remember it off the top of my head. Oh, I'm I so read sorry. It a lot of times now, but no, it's fine. I just, um, I'm just apologise if I go a little bit wrong, but I should be fine. Um, this poem is called "Breathe," and it goes like this: She sat at the back, and they said she was shy. She led from the front, and they hated her pride. They asked her advice and then questioned her guidance. They branded her loud, then were shocked by her silence. When she shared no ambition, they said it was sad. So she told them her dreams, and they said she was mad. They told her they'd listen, then covered their ears and gave her a hug whilst they laughed at her fears. And she listened to all of it, thinking she should be the girl they told her to be best as she could. But one day she asked what was best for herself, instead of trying to please everyone else. So she walked to the forest and stood with the trees. She heard the wind whisper and dance with the leaves. And she spoke to the willow, the elm and to the pine, and she told them what she'd been told time after time. She told them she felt she was never enough. She was either too little or far, far too much. Too loud or too quiet. Too fierce or too weak. Too wise or too foolish. Too bold or too meek. Then she found a small clearing surrounded by firs and she stopped. And she heard what the trees said to her. And she sat there for hours, not wanting to leave. But the forest said nothing. It just let her breathe. 
amazing. Um, so that's that's absolutely, absolutely and, amazing. Um, Thank the, you so much for doing that. <laughs> that's okay. The idea for it came really when I was um, going for a walk, and I was talking about this um, at the event we had last week. I was going for a walk, and I, I sort of felt all of those things that life's very, very overwhelming. I was working in school at the time, and life was very, very overwhelming, and it sort of felt a little bit like you couldn't do right for doing wrong, or I couldn't do right for doing wrong. Um, and I was really struck when I was on this walk by, you know, I was walking amongst the trees and by how I was allowed to just be. I was allowed to, there was no expectation on me. I could just breathe quite. And, and I was also, I had this idea of how trees quite literally help us breathe, you know, scientifically. Mm, yeah, yeah. They produce what we breathe. Um, and then also metaphorically, they were allowing me to breathe. So it sort of came from that, really. Um and I thought, how can I, how can I make other people feel this sort of sense of just being allowed to breathe and just being allowed to be who they want to be, really? And that's where it came from. So I actually started with the end of the poem. I knew I wanted it to say that the trees let her breathe, and then I had to work backwards yeah. to figure out why the trees need to let her breathe. Yeah, I can, I can. Yes, with you saying that, I can see that you sort of started with the end goal and then worked to your beginnings yeah. but, but I mean it's absolutely beautiful and have you apart from everybody um that you read it to or reads it um being so overwhelmed by it all poetry in general have you noticed there's been a sort of resurgence of interest in poetry at all or, or not yeah I think so I mean it's I don't know whether it coincides with um just because of when I decided to start kind of pushing forward with it but I really do, um, well, I mean, kind of research shows that it has actually, there's been a big rise in it over the past sort of five years. And I think COVID does have a lot to do with that. I think there's something really powerful about reading something that you didn't even realise you felt and being able to say, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and I think there's also things like with Pinterest, um, that's such a huge platform for being able to share images that, were, that weren't there before. Um, I find that there's a lot of sharing of poetry and words and things on there, you know, and Instagram, anywhere, really. But I think you get on your social media, you get, you know, hashtags that are specific for these kind of things. So I think it's starting to appeal as well to a lot of a younger generation, whereas before it was probably something more for the older generations. And I think poetry for a long time was seen, seen as quite sort of uncool. <laughs> um, I think now it's, people are realising that it is just being able to put some words to our feelings um, and do you think in a way that makes us feel like we're not the only one that feels it. Yeah. Really. Do, you, do you think with the pandemic that, that because people have actually had more time to think and stop um, being on the hamster wheel quite so much as everybody was, it's, it, that's also helped that side of things as well? I think so, yeah, and I think I think we have also, possibly from that, but just generally in recent years, I think we are becoming a lot more aware of the fact that we have to allow ourselves to feel things. I think, mm. you know, even when I go back to when I was younger, you sort of, your feelings were like a separate thing <laughs> to what you were experiencing almost. So um, 
like sort of work was work and personal life was personal life and never the twain did meet sort of thing mm. and now I think we're in a lot different different we have a different way of life now and I, and I think we obviously there's been lots of research and about this kind of holistic view of people and I think people are realizing that it's it's not a bad thing to feel sad or it's not a bad thing to feel angry it's just a feeling um and actually being able to put some words to it and name it and say to other people this is exactly it um I think that's why it's quite powerful yeah. and why it's perhaps growing a bit yeah no I think I think it's great and um thank you so much for allowing us to have permission to put it in our newsletter and, ult- and ultimately it'll be on our blog pages as well so thank You're you for welcome. that um becky again conscious of your time as you hurtle off on the school run and thank you so so much for taking time to join us today thank you for having me mind how you go and i'll speak to you again soon take care bye thank you bye 12 30 twc business beat radio mondays 2 till 4 p.m uk time tips inspiration fun tunes for and from business women on all the socials www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio and welcome back into the studio and thank you so much everybody for your patience in listening to our techno um issues that we had here just because of a loose wire don't you just love loose wires um thank you so much to becky for reading her very special poem and telling us how that all got started. In the studio with me now is Chandra Sharma. Hello, Chandra. Hello, Jackie. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, now, tell us, some of our listeners, and I think you have at least one trusty listener in Zena, <laughs> um, and I could always um, know that uh, we have got good leadership uh, leadership we've got good listenership here anyway but Chandra please tell us something about you and we've known each other for like centuries it seems it does feel that way doesn't it <laughs> um, I'm feeling my age at the moment but yes uh, I think we've known each other for over 10 years 10 12 years probably even longer than it's that. longer than that yeah. it's longer so um, I have a business um, based uh, currently in Swanleigh but um, I also volunteer for the uh, Federation of Small Businesses my business is all about stationery and branded workwear. And I'm wearing one of my tops now. Can you see this, Becky? I can see it. It looks wonderful. But then, then all your products look very good. They're Thank always good. Much. And you look wonderful too. <laughs> That's the compliments over. Moving on. <laughs> they don't call me Charmer for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, so um, how did you... I mean, you, you've got a, a whole wealth of experience... How did you get where you are today with the business that you're doing today? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I just turned uh, 60 about last year, so I'm showing my age. Well, you can tell my age now. But uh, I started as a graduate in economics, uh, spent a number of years in the retail sector in outer town superstores, then operated two franchises, uh, one in recruitment and one in property. Then I thought I'm going to work for myself, and I set up uh, my business stationery and worked for a business uh, way back in 2005, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Your own business? My own business, very own business. Fantastic, fantastic. So It's a leap of faith, going from having uh, an income, I guess even in the franchise, is having a secure income, a pension, a mortgage, uh, sorry, a car, and all the other benefits to 
you know, putting a link in there, setting up on yourself, which is why I understand small business and why I volunteer to be in the Federation as well. Yeah, so while you were talking, I was just thinking actually um, about how long we have known each other now. 1230 TWC has been going since 2002. And I would think it was probably a couple of years after that that we met. Yeah, we met at a networking event, as you can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I love networking. You love networking. And I believe it was called the uh, Business Referral Exchange, um, where yourself and Penny. Penny, yeah. As well, Penny yeah. Handy. So uh, that's how we met yeah. and kept in touch. I guess we share the same values, which is uh, why I guess we're attracted to each other. <laughs> Platonically. Platonically. Absolutely. You heard this first, listeners, please. <laughs> Platonically. Um. <laughs> That's made a giggle now. She's blushing as much as her hair. Uh, so, what, um, now you're in, you're, you're in a new venue now. Yes. Um, how different is that to where you were before? Is, is the layout different? You've got different machinery. What sort of machinery do you actually have to deliver to your customers? Okay, so um, I've moved from my base in Orpington, where I worked for 16 years, to Swanley, which is in the Seven Oaks Borough. Uh, it's a trading estate, and um, we were suited for trading estates because we weren't really B2C or business-to-consumer. We are more business-to-business, and that's our client base. In terms of machinery, um, we have embroidery machines, a couple of embroidery machines in-house, and they can embroider anything from one garment up to 100, 200 garments there. We can also heat press on the back of anything as well. So we do anything at an office for uh, business needs. What what do you mean by heat press? Do you mean like we do at home with the iron, that sort of... Yeah, more sophisticated. Like, yes, yeah, uh, slightly more sophisticated. You know the iron-on transfers that you get? You yeah. can uh, apply an iron to it. Well, this is an industrial machine yeah. where people often have um, sort of vinyl um, on the back of their clothing and embroidery on the front. But that way you can put your telephone number, website, their history if you want to, mm. and it allows for that because, uh, yeah, it looks much better on there rather than the embroidery on the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all the time that I've known you, and we've established that that's a long time, you've always been very much community orientated. Very much. You've been, you, I mean, you've always been out there talking to the people on the high street, um, not just going to events, but actually to go out there, get into the community, particularly Orpington. Yeah. Um, I've seen you do. So, so what drives you in that direction? What's how does that all work? I guess uh, communities in my blood, really. Um, I mean, many years ago, my dad set up a shop in a little town called uh, Netherton, which is in the West Midlands, part of Dudley. And um, the shop was uh, something where members of the community came in, came to have a chat, um, sort out their issues, have a little moan and everything else. And I, I like that. Dudley was also a great community. It had, it's a market town with... You know, people who knew each other, people who cared about each other, and that's uh, where my values are. So when I came to Orpington, my first thing was, well, how can I build a community here? How can I build a, um, a business where people talk to each other and hopefully eventually trade with, with each other? And the community in the wider sense, that it's the public and the businesses, and they're, to me, one and the same. You know, uh, the businesses shop in shops themselves and the community also comes and support the local businesses 
So that's important. And also I know what it's like stepping up a business. It's a very, very lonely place or can be. Mm, and I think what much. was missing was, say in Orpington and other high streets where traders were too busy trying to get um, you know their sales women that they didn't really talk to each other and didn't share any issues or share any problems. And that's what we created. And I, I think um, I can align with you on that because with my involvement um, with Beckenham was there was an assumption, if you like, that everybody in Beckenham actually lived in Beckenham, mm. that actually had a shop. Well, no, that's not the case. They're not necessarily people who um, live locally that have a business of some sort in, in a locality. And that's I think, is one thing that's really interesting to find out because, as you've just highlighted, it is a different community. So you've got communities of businesses. Yeah. You've got a community of people who perhaps live locally but maybe don't. They've got their own community in that sense. Um, and then the community of businesses within a given area breaks down into different categories, if you like. So you've got retailers. Um, you've got offices, and yep. of course, offices have changed. The office situation has changed yep. hugely over the last couple of years, hasn't it? With it the has. things that yeah. um, the government made that change, where they said you didn't need permission to move from commercial premises or to change commercial premises. Yeah, it was premises. easier to convert the upstairs offices into flats and things. Yeah, there was a need for them. Yeah. yeah, but now it seems almost as if it's a complete turnaround, but nicer because uh, in many ways because you've now got a lot of co-working space yeah. places where people can perhaps pop in and don't have to pay and other places where you want if you want a bit longer then you do pay a little bit so it's a very different environment now in the office if you like situation and in so fact that's affected our business quite a bit <laughs> really yeah. because people have moved from fixed offices where they're paying a big rent and things uh, in London and the city and the suburbs as well into more of the uh, the co-working um, offices or where you don't have a long five-year contract or, um, you know, you can have a one-month um, contract um, and then grow or downsize as you need. Or you can go to a co-working space as well. And there's plenty of them in the borough of Bromley, which is great. It is great. It is great. But, it's, but as you just touched on there, it's changed the buyers yeah. hugely. Um, particularly as most people are working from home as well exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. It's, e it's easier to work from home um, with the, the, the co-working and also the hybrid sort of work and that affects businesses like ours which are essentially we supply stationery printers, inks, yeah, desks and everything else there and there's not much of a need for it uh, when people work from home that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that aspect yeah. of it. So what are you doing to address that situation in terms of your business? Well, where we used to have large customers who would spend a few thousand pounds a year, we now have lots of smaller customers. <laughs> I need lots of smaller customers who may only spend 50 pounds, 100 pounds a year. They're working from home. A ream of paper, which only has 500, which has 500 sheets, can last a whole year, you know, what else is there then? So we're yeah. aiming at much of the smaller businesses and supporting them so we can deliver to homes. So we've had to adapt to an extent. Yeah, yeah, no, very And much. this is why we also move more into the workwear side because that's something which is more transactional uh, where people need it and, you know, need workwear all the time, particularly in the trades, in hospitality, in construction. 
Yeah. Um, they always need that. So that that was the, uh, the the move to workwear, but still look for positive statements. Yes. Actually, I must talk to you because my son, who is um, maintenance painting and decorating, wears branded gear. So he's probably about due for some stuff. Oh, yes, so we'll please. So we'll have a, we'll have a little chat. It. Thank you very Do much. Do I get discount? You'll get a discount. Of course <laughs> you will. It's over 60s discount. So. Oh, well, that lets me <laughs> off straight away. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never invite me back to your show again. But no, <laughs> thank you. I do appreciate it. No, oh, we, no. we do support our small businesses. I so know you do. Where, you know, people only need the one T-shirt or the one jacket, we can do that. Whereas some of the larger providers won't touch it with a barge no, pole. No, you've only um, got to look online to see that, haven't you? Yeah. Because, um, you know, different times I've looked for bits and pieces. Um, and perhaps I've only wanted half a dozen of whatever. Yeah. Um, 250 is the starting price yeah. in terms of quantity. And you can understand that because, again, they're a different business. But the fact that you are, and I think... You, like me, we're very hands-on with our businesses and we know exactly what's going on and we listen to um, our clients in in many ways. And, of course, you've got a much wider brief in that sense, really. And it's all about personal service, isn't it? People buy from people. Absolutely. And hopefully people buy from me because they they like me, know me and trust me, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this you've heard it from here as well. If you don't know Chandra, you can trust him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, truly. Um, that's that's said slightly tongue-in-cheek, but not meant tongue-in-cheek. Very much so. And as, and as you can tell, when you know somebody for what must be almost 20 years now, um, you, you know someone and you can trust them and then that can happen. So what's on the cards for you, Chandra? Anything? Uh, is it just a question of listening all the time? and responding to what your clients need, or have you got something else sitting over there that you're aiming for? Yeah, I think you've always got to listen to your clients. Um, It's your clients who order from you, so you've got to make sure that you're giving them the best possible service, the best product, at the best price. And again, that's been slightly difficult for us with Amazon business and people ordering online, um, looking for the lowest price. But what differentiates us is that personal service that uh, you won't get from the the larger retailers. Going forward, we do things like managed print uh, services where you have a copy of a lease contract so you only pay per click. We have plumbed-in water coolers where people for £5 a week can get a plumbed-in water cooler. So you're not not carrying in those heavy bottles where the water's been sitting around for a while. So we do all of those kind of things. We do printing as well. Uh, so uh, we're doing some for a neighbour of ours, a business neighbour who just moved in, doing their letterheads, compliment slips. Yes, people still use compliment slips, business cards and trifold leaflets as, as well. So, you know, the business has to move. If, you know, the, uh, there's a declining market, for example, say in stationery, then you've got to look at other sources as well. And the other thing is uh, completely different to, to um, what I do is um, I work with... Uh, a uh, dear friend of mine um, called Tinak, and we run the People Skills Force, which is all about communication and language. And uh, that is my real passion. So if I didn't have to earn any money or pay the mortgage or anything else, that's what I would do is help other people, help businesses, and um, do things that I really love and really enjoy. I do enjoy stationery as well, by the way. Well, I think you very much, like I am and many of our close friends, we're very much people person, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, and that's how communication, 
and the community thing all works together yeah. really so tell us more about this course when's your when's your give yourself a bit of a shout out and a plug time <laughs> so it's called the people skills course.co.uk and Zinet and I set it uh, just before set it up just before the uh, pandemic um, struck and um, yeah we did uh, some training courses at uh, business centre in Bromley We've then trained a client site. There's a client actually not too far away from where the studio is. Oh, really? Um, a telecoms uh, client. So we, we helped them um, run a series of training events for them on cu customer service, mm. on sales, on uh, various other skills and leadership. Um, and then during um, COVID, we ran some sessions on um, Zoom as well. And now we've just won a client in London, which is a firm of accountants. And um, we're going to be running some training for them for six months. And I'm really really pleased and really proud yeah, of well that done. as well. Yeah, well Thank done. Thank you. A round of applause. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. <laughs> Gave myself a pat on the back there. <laughs> well done. Um, so, and if they want to know about networking, just point them in my direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, networking is, is in my blood and is in your absolutely. blood. And I think it's important that uh, networking is so important. Uh, it's, it's just a way of getting to know people and uh, talk to people. There's nothing more to it than that. It's just getting to understand people. Quickly, Chandra, how can people find you and get in touch with you? So my business, uh, station business, elmcroftbusiness.co.uk, E-L-M-C-R-O-F-T, business.co.uk. Just email me, chandra at elmcroftbusiness.co.uk, or just give me a call, 0800-781-2163, and it comes direct to me. Fantastic. I'm really pleased uh, to be on part of a panel in Startup Business Week, um, it's on the 23rd of uh, March, between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock at Bromley Central Library. And it's all about starting and running a business in a post-pandemic world. So I'll be moderating that, or the MC as they call it. And uh, the panellists will include Lisa Staker from the Rebellious Coach, Rosalind Kumnari uh, from the HR department, and Sam Elson, founder of the Cheese Collective. And uh, Sarah King from the FSB will be there. Um, to offer any support and advice. So that's really good. So you need to book online for that as part of Start a Business Week, hashtag Start a Business Week, and um, come and join us and hear from the panelists. So that's good. And the other one's a little bit of a teaser, really. I don't hope you don't mind me teasing you a little bit. It's the uh, return of the Bromley Business Awards. Sorry, there was a drum roll there, yeah. and um, more details will be found shortly. But uh, in November, the Bromley Business Awards will be returning to Bromley uh, from the Warren. So watch the space. Oh, fantastic. That's interesting. That's really great local news for us. So thank you, Chandra. I'll give you more details as they're published. Fantastic. Right, well, we'll let you go now. So thank you so much. I'm now going to introduce or they're going to introduce themselves actually um, my two next guests were also part and parcel of the international women's day that was held last wednesday at the bromley football club um, in their lovely venue suite which was all singing and all dancing sam please oh. st stop me waffling and introduce yourself Hello, everybody. So I am Samantha Delakia, the founder of SPD, Tuition and Coaching. Um, I run a company that supports educational settings, so schools, nurseries, and that sort of thing. Um, and I also work with parents and children with the aim to shift how we see and work with behavior predominantly 
um, and that is behaviour towards learning and behaviour that we see when our children are dysregulated, and that's, I suppose, aka the tantrums. Um, so I support parents in becoming a little bit a bit calmer as the tantrums kick in um, <laughs> and managing those um, a bit more effectively and from a place where they don't feel dysregulated themselves. And then I do the same for teachers and practitioners and nursery nurses. So I teach those, um, those staff members and, and anyone that works with children really the same sort of thing. So we look at how children's behaviour is a window into the emotions they're experiencing and the ways that we can support them through those big experiences that they're having because our children cannot do it by themselves. So that's what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. So, Sam, I mean, with your, with your vast experience that you have in the areas that you've just described, have you noticed big changes in children and parents pre and post pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been a huge knock on effect, particularly looking at um, an educational setting perspective, um, as well as a, a parental side as well. But particularly looking at the school setups, um, I think that post the pandemic, we have seen a huge increase in, in, in anxiety within children in school settings and nursery settings. Of course, there's the social anxiety, the separation anxiety. Um, a lot of children really struggled with the, the lack of routines and things like that, um, the, the lack of contact and connection with their peers, as well as you know the staff members that they had formed really close bonds with. Um, so yeah, absolutely, it's had a huge impact. And I think it's really shifted how children see um, school and see learning. Um, although, I'm starting to see a shift in how the schools are responding to the children, just not quite as big of a shift <laughs> as I think I would like um, to put it, you know, diplomatically. Um, but I think that, yeah, there's a lot more that we as educators and as parents can do to support our children. Um, and I want to say their mental health and their emotional well-being. And I know they tend to be buzzwords and phrases that are, are knocked around a lot. But by that, I just mean managing our minds, um, managing our minds and balancing the emotions that we have, because we are meant to have all the emotions. We're not meant to only have the positive ones. So I think just having that understanding and being able to see that with our children, no matter what, whether it's kind of post or pre pandemic, you know, all of the emotions that our children are having are absolutely natural and, and, and meant to be there. It's just that I think now, the, the neuroscience is, is shared a little bit more and we can do a lot more with it if we choose to. Yeah, and no, I think I think that's really interesting what you're saying, Sam, because we tend to think of our children being very resilient. Um, mm. And I think they are. But as you say, it's, it's the different reactions because even if a child appears to be sailing through life, it might be that their parents are not. And so that impacts as well, I'm, I'm assuming on their children. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, Jackie, it's really interesting because we do say how resilient children are and they are absolutely resilient. But actually, a lot of the resilience, you know, quote unquote resilience, um, mm. is actually children masking emotion because they don't feel safe enough to express it. Really? Or it is children who have shut down 
um, those parts of them because they fear rejection. And if we think about the the undeveloped brain, the, the children's minds, um, their main and sole purpose is to stay alive, you know, which always sounds a little bit morbid and a little bit, you know, cold, but actually it's completely accurate. Our brain is pre, you know, preconditioned, pre-wired to, you know, survive. And the, the first and foremost part, you know, part of that is physical safety and connection. You know, our children want to feel connected to us, not because instantaneously they adore us, but it's because they know that we will keep them alive if they feel connected to us and we feel connected to them. Yeah. And yeah. so as our children grow and develop, their brains are censoring the world. You know, they're, they're checking out what's safe and what's not. And from there, they identify the bits of them that get rejected. So if you take a child, for example, who cries and is told to stop crying and not be silly and, you know, don't do that, then they very quickly learn that crying equals rejection. Now, of course, this is all, all not a conscious thought. This is the, mm. the, the brain and the body mm. taking it all in. Um, and then what we have is a child who might struggle to cry and might then express that emotion in different ways. Mm. So then further down the line, it might come out in shouting. It might come out in um, lashing out. It might come out in, in their writing. It might come out in self-harm. Mm. So I'm not saying every child that can't cry, you know, goes on to self-harm. But what I am saying is that every emotion has an out. Yeah, yeah. And if we shut to... down their initial want of an out, that initial need, they will find another one. And yeah. that second out is generally not as positive as the first one or not as easily supported as the first one. Because in that meantime, it's grown. That emotion has grown. And that part of them that felt so shunned and shamed has grown with it in a very um a very different way to the yeah. way it started yeah yeah and and it all has an impact doesn't it i mean it's not yeah. my, my youngest grandson who i'm constantly mentioning um who'd be three in in may i mean he was um he was a covid baby um and he appears to be sailing through whatever whatever but i know of other covid babies who mm when faced with people who um their first first time they opened their eyes they were faced with people wearing masks then found that these people actually had faces were traumatized by that prospect yeah it's certainly a shift isn't it to, to what they kind of initially felt and, and saw and of course the masks have a massive impact on facial expressions and, mm. and facial recognition um, and and as children develop they very, very strongly rely on on the need to see the face. Yes. They need to read our reactions yes. um, part of what we were just talking about. So actually, it has a huge impact on their understanding of the world because some children, um, not all, of course, but some children born and, and, and developing in that stage, you know, not just the children that were born um, during or, or before or kind of midway through the, the pandemic, but also children that you know we're developing that within the early years i mean up until even the age of seven will have been struggling to read people's emotion through their facial expressions which is a massive part of how we communicate absolutely yeah i mean i, I just it just i know it's it's not as um important as the things that you're describing just now but um not so long ago i, I was in the hospital and the doctor had a mask on and she said something to me that that was really quite amusing but the words she used 
I was unable to tell from her tone of voice and what she said that she was actually being funny. And then suddenly I could see I could see her eyes, and it was seeing her eyes that made me realise she was actually being quite humorous, which I hadn't got mm. because I hadn't seen all her facial expression. Um, so yeah, so for a child, it's even more challenging, isn't it? Um, I'm going to have a little break now in terms of having some music and then I'd like to have a little word with Kerry and then you you two can actually talk to each other I don't know whether you realize that um because you're both oh, wonderful because <laughs> because you're both on the same zoom call you can actually talk to each other in the back background when I um so you might want to I think we'd like to definitely be hearing from Kerry anyway and then um maybe Kerry can give us one of these relaxing or describe perhaps some of the things that she showed us and demonstrated to us on Wednesday. So have a little chat between you and see if that's going to work. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio. Mondays, 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes. For and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. And welcome back to the studio. And now I'm going to have a little chat with Kerry. If you would, can you hear us okay, Kerry? Absolutely. Hello, hello, hello. Fantastic. Kerry, if you'd like to explain to people who you are <laughs> and why you're doing what you do. I'm a yoga teacher, breathing coach, and sound therapist. Um, I predominantly work with large organizations helping to manage stress and anxiety in the workplace. Um, I also teach online classes myself and then work for Surrey County Council and Neil Jard Remedies, helping uh, clients with their breathing and, of course, yoga as well. So how does the breathing and the yoga and everything, how does that all fit in together? So I think it's about managing stress, essentially, managing stress and man managing anxiety. And what I've found is different modalities work for different people. So for some, movement with the breath work works really well. Um, for others, they may not want to do the kind of exercise, the movement as much. And um, breath work kind of, what I found generally works for everyone. It's kind of mostly accessible to everyone. And then with sound therapy, we go a little bit deeper. So I think I touched on this when we last spoke together. But there, um, you can either have like a sound bath where it's a group of people in a room together lying down on the floor on yoga mats. And I'll be playing my Himalayan bowls, uh, crystal singing bowls, and just taking people into a really nice um uh, relaxing state akin to what you'd experience at a massage or something like that um but then then there's a deeper level to that and it's sound therapy which is one-on-one -on -one, and it's um helping people again to manage stress and anxiety also to work through grief um depression and maybe even self-limiting beliefs um so it's working through um diff different things but with sound therapy you've got to kind of be ready and you've got you've got to really want to do that yeah and for some of us we're stuck in a rut but we don't we're not actually ready to come out of that rut so it's for those that really want to do that deeper work yeah. uh, each of them will bring about some kind of um relaxation i would say yeah i, I think um 
Um, you and I have not actually met before Wednesday, but having spoken to you on the phone, I, I've got some kind of idea. But your voice in itself is very calming, I think. It's very even and level. Um, I don't know whether you actually do lose your temper or get overexcited. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine either of those. But your your tone of voice is, is very, it sounds stupid to say this, but it's very appropriate to what your business is in terms of what you're working and supporting and helping people in that way. It's very calming. <laughs> very calming. Very calming. I could well, do a bit of that. Yeah, no, no, no. That means a lot, actually. Um, but yeah, but uh, what I do want to say is um, I am human. I'm revealing my secrets. I'm definitely human. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, definitely lose my cool. Um, what, I, what, I, what I've said to people before, particularly my clients, is that for me, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it's an absolute myth that, you know, that we're in a kind of meditative state all day long. And I would argue that stress has its place. Like it actually, and um, when I spoke with yourself and the, the wonderful ladies on Wednesday, it's, it, it's about balance and I'm ever seeking that in my life. So um, I gave the example, if a car were to swerve out in front of us, we wouldn't want to be like, mm -hmm. No. We want to go into our fight response <laughs> and move very quickly out of the way. So that's kind of like um, more of a physical thing, I would say. But but we need if you were going to, if you were going to um, if you were going to do some kind of physical activity again, you wouldn't necessarily want to be in a rest and digest state. You'd want to be much more charged up and powered up. So um, we need we need both states. We need our rest and digest, and we need our fight or flight response. But what we don't need is to be in fight or flight all day long. And I think that's where many of us are. And it's trying to come away from that and spend more of our time in rest and digest. And actually listening to Sam as well um, was really interesting because um, part of the work that I do as a sound therapist and part of the self-work I've done is acknowledging there's a place for every emotion and sitting with those emotions, working through those emotions, and then maybe reframing how we see events and how we how we how we process, how we view that more, more how we how we look at situations and reframing it. So I think definitely in my own work, it's not to kind of just be oh everything's always peaceful and calm. Stress is a massive part of life, mm. and I don't think it's going anywhere. But I think our response to stress yes. is what will serve us. Yeah, yes. I love that. Yeah, no, very, yes, it's, it's really, really um, good. And particularly, I don't know, we've got, we've all got, every day brings a different challenge, doesn't it? I mean, I know people kept saying after the pandemic, and I know I keep on about this, but they kept saying, well, when are we going to return to normal? What on earth is normal? Do we not want every day to be different? Do we not want some way of moving on in with different things um and if we just stayed if we were stationary regardless of the emotional side of things if we were stationary in life i don't know what would happen i mean we wouldn't have a life would we we, we wouldn't have an earth we wouldn't have a world or anything and and but it's being as sam and you have highlighted it's being knowing how to manage those situations um in a in a sensible way um and i think yeah what um what do you find just going back to the event that we had last week 
I'm going to ask Sam the same question as well, and she's going to get a few seconds to think about it. Um, Paul, what, what was the takeaway for you, Kerry, from last week from that event? Can you can I spring that on you? Are you able to share something with us? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for me, it's always if if you know me, anyone that knows me will tell you my absolute passion over and above most things is to learn, and I'm ever seeking new knowledge. So I love being put in a fine mix with people that bring all different things to the table. And yeah, I, I, I just love seeing everyone in their glory. So we're all very unique. Um, we're all women on a different a different path. But what we share is um, that we add value to the group that we're a part of. And I just found it really, really heartwarming to sit and humbling, actually, to sit in a group and be able to learn so much in such a short space of time. And everyone brought a different dynamic, um, a, a different piece of knowledge. They articulated themselves differently, but everything added value to my day. So my takeaway was just more knowledge um, and just meeting some more wonderful people and, and sharing with them, really. Thank you for that. I'm really we The feedback that we've had... Um, Sam will support me on this is that we haven't had thankfully any negative feedback at all it's all no. been um, extremely positive all the speakers everybody was well received and also the mix of women that were there was something that was attention was drawn to um, how communicative everybody was how supportive everybody was in, in that environment and I think we were very fortunate in the environment that we had as well um but yeah great feedback thank you very much for that kerry are you going to share one of your exercises with us now before we go to sam no i just had a little stressful moment there my younger daughter just come home from school oh. and then our dog who's tiny but got a big voice was just <laughs> barking so i'm just gonna tap into my own breath work really quick <laughs> but no you have to share Happy, happy, happy to share. Go on, you can go ahead. There you go. <laughs> she's got, it's pee today, so she's got like two huge bags on her back. She's trying to squeeze past me, but never mind. It's it's a part of life. How old um, is so she? Breathwork. How old is she? she? She is 11, but about to be 12, quite literally. Just in the next few days, she'll be 12. So almost. Oh, happy birthday. Oh. Yeah. She's, so that was my little birthday song for her then. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so, exactly so breath work so yes, if it's safe to do so of course you're not driving or anything like that um if you're sitting comfortably comfortably what i like to do is just uh, scoot to the edge of your seat so both of your feet are grounded to the floor there's something really special about grounding yourself i'll do i'll do it with you and then once more if it's safe to do so closing your eyes relaxing your shoulders we hold a lot of tension here Softening the shoulders. And then bringing your awareness to that space between your brows. It's a space where we often hold tension. Softening that space. Work your way down to your jaw, giving permission to unclench your jaw. And then we're just going to take a few easy breaths. And what I'd like you to do is place your right palm on your heart, left palm on your abdomen. Your spine is long, shoulders are, shoulders are relaxed. And then just noticing where you feel the breath. No judgment at all. But just noticing if you feel the breath in your abdomen. Maybe you're feeling it in your chest. 
maybe it's a mixture of the two. And then when you're ready, we're gonna breathe in and out through our nose only. So releasing any air you currently have. Inhale through your nose. One, two, three, four. And exhale, four, three, two, one. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, four, three, two, one. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, four, three, two, one. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, four, three, two, one. And then just breathe in at your own pace space wherever you are and very gently opening your eyes. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much Kerry. Oh, I'm getting some feedback now. Um <laughs> thank you so much Kerry. I'm so And I just want to say that that's a balancing breath. There are many different breathing techniques out there. That's a short snippet of just one. Um, but essentially, that breath will uh, bring you up if you're feeling down. Um, and even if you're feeling a bit wild or triggered, then it should bring you back down. So it's a balancing breath. And in terms of where you can find me, my email address is com, C-A-L, C-A-L-M, with Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, um, at gmail.com. Com is Kerry at gmail.com. My social handle is at Tom and Kerry. Um, all of my details are there, um, phone number and everything else. So, yeah, hopefully um, I'll hear from some of you soon and hopefully you're feeling a little bit calmer than maybe you were before.
for them to share what they do and how they do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, and how do people find you, Sam? So I am um, F my the company. I am not, but the company <laughs> is FTD Nutrition and Coaching. And I am Sam Samantha Galatia. Um, and if you go to FTD Nutrition on Coach uh, and Coaching online, you'll find all of our details there. Our social media is at FTD Tuition and Coaching. Um, and that's because we actually started as a tutoring company at the very beginning of things and have kind of grown and evolved since. So my number and all my details are on there. And if you want to get in touch, um, you can email me directly at ftdtuitionandcoaching at gmail.com. Thank you, Mel. That's great. And we'll bang on some talking. People. 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 We are. So um, thank you very much. Uh, for joining us Sam and I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later. Is that gonna be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Alright. Well thank you very much, Sarah and uh, Sam for joining me and we will speak soon, Sam. Twelve thirty TWC Business Beat Radio. Mondays two till four PM UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes. For and from business women on all the socials www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. And hello back again in the studio. This is Jackie Brown Sarah with 1230 TWC Business Beat, and I am broadcasting from Love to Beat Radio based here in Thames High Street. That's L O V E D A B E A T Radio. We are on weekly Mondays, 2 to 4. The programmes are actually recorded and will be podcast next week. So if you missed any of it, you'll be able to find it on the podcast as well. So next, um, coming up online for you, well, not coming up online, but tomorrow, <laughs> this week, we've got two great meetings, in-person meetings. So tomorrow is the Bexley and Sycott meeting, which is held at Ferrari's in Bexley Village. We've got Tina Brown who is our host and John who's um, going to be talking about host with purpose, how to supercharge your social selling. So do have a look online. You'll be able to book in we're all the W's 1230.co.uk and you'll find under the calendar link there on the navigation bar you'll be able to find all the meetings and online events that are actually happening as well as in-person ones. So have a look and get booked in. And then on Wednesday is a 12.30 meeting with Bromley and with Peggy McSweeney who is the host for that meeting and that is held in the Barrel and Horn in the High Street in Bromley. So do have a look there. So just scroll through the calendar options and see what you've actually got available to you. As I mentioned earlier, this radio show is broadcast from Thames High Street, but our particular programme is held every Monday, 2 till 4. We're going to be followed by Ozzy Osbourne with his own particular brand of expertise in indie rock. But coming up next week for our show, we've got Saffron Saunders, who is Startup Bromley. Maybe Joe Soli with Frizzology. Now, the reason I say maybe Joe is because Joe's got a big birthday coming up 
hands and planning all her working so that she can actually take a few days away and celebrate that special birthday. So we may have Jay with us. I hope we do. Um, she's busy already. Corbeil, who was on some weeks ago at Nature's Liquidation and Restoration of Businesses. And the newcomer is Francis Cobb, who is an accountant. So we've got a really nice mix again for you next week. So do tune in Monday 2 till 4. And as I mentioned, we've got Bexley tomorrow at Newton and also Bromley on Wednesday. So check that out. With everything else that's been going on, um, and to just to sort of recap, really, what is happening at our International Business Women's Day on Wednesday? As I mentioned before, it was in the venue suite in the uh, Bromley Football Club, and they looked after us brilliantly. So, if you've not used that as a venue, do have a look because they've got some great facilities there. And in the building next door in uh, Greenfields. It's a kitchen and bar as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on there up at the club. So do have a look, apart from football. And, of course, their football is doing very well as well. And if you are very community-orientated, you may want to speak to Matt Hall, who is the head of community at the football club. They've also got a very wide um, selection of community that they actually support. So they've got a big uh, female section there that they look after girls and women with the football and the thing and the games and the matches and the training that they actually offer there is absolutely huge so do have a look at Bromley Football Club events and see what's actually going on there um, and go away and do some <laughs> a little bit of Keris breathing exercises and also to think about the beautiful poem that Becky read to us so do have a look. If you'd like a copy of it, give me a shout. It will be on one of our blogging sites. We've got um, a particularly good blogging site called Birds and the Blog, which is wholly blogs, as you might imagine. And, that, and Becky's poem, Breathe, will actually be there very shortly, as well as in the blogging section for the 1230 website, which is all the W's, 1230.co.uk. I think it just really needs to leads me to finish up for today. Thank you all, so all very much, our listeners and our super guests. So Chandra Sharma, Becky, Sam and Kerry, keep safe. I'll see you all next Monday. And 